0: All right, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm Connor, and I'm here as always with Calvin. Hello. And Katya is with us again. Hey. And we are talking about The Banshees of Inesherin. I knew I was going to mess up. <laughs> we right before and I knew
1: it. Inesherin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh This is directed by Martin McDonough. Uh, we had talked about one of his movies earlier, um, In Bruges, and that was released in 2009. Uh, his most recent movie to come was out Was it
2: 2009? Was, isn't it nuts? That seems... I thought it was early 2000s.
0: No, 2019, I was surprised oh, too. Wow. It feels like it's not that old. but um, And then he uh, most recently did Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which was 2017. That feels like it just came out too. That, uh, honestly,
2: that that feels like forever ago. Really? I mean, that was five years ago. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like no, it just I mean, came out. I don't to me. think that. I feel like it came out like 10 years ago. In Bruges?
0: No. Oh, uh, Ebbing. Yeah, Three Billboards. Either way, both great movies. Same director. <laughs> uh, he wrote and directed uh, Banshees as well. Uh, so let's see, uh, what is, uh, your,
2: your elevator pitch? What
0: do you guys think of this one?
2: Um, I think of this is, uh, my elevator pitch for this one would be man tries to become best fiddle player of all time by cutting off all his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> sure.
1: See, I've got a farcical fiddler flings fingers at friend.
0: Fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to have one. That's the greatest elevator pitch. <laughs> I love that.
1: I was stuck between farcical and facetious. I feel like they both have their merits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, Domho, uh, not Domho Gleason. that's, um, Brenda Gleason is in this, and uh, mm-hmm. so is Colin Farrell. And they are also cast in uh, In Bruges, Martin McDonough's other film. I thought it was great to have them back together. I like how it's way different than in Bruges, though, where it's like they're buddies. And this is the polar opposite of that. It made me sad. It made me wish I was watching in Bruges because they're so fun together when they're kind of ripping off each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this one is the opposite where they are not getting along.
1: Which I've heard that a lot and I, I get the idea, but I, I just watched in Bruges and I I never actually saw them as friends ever, I feel like. I feel like I saw them in, in Bruges as like like a older brother, a younger brother, or like dad and child kind of relationship. Coworkers. And, and, or co- yeah, co-workers. I don't know. I never really felt like I've seen them like buddy-buddy. I get that they care about each other, though, sure. for sure. But it seems like I never get to see when they're just like both like each other at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely thought it was more the role model type thing, which I was wondering if that was mm-hmm. going to take place in this movie as well, because there's still an age gap between them. But no, I, it, he's just tired of hanging out with what, what's his name? How do you say? Uh, Podrick? Is that what it's it is? It's Yeah, Park. Yeah, Parik. I kept thinking it was Podrick, like the kid from yeah. Game of Thrones is all I kept thinking.
2: Podrick. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah i thought it, i thought they were gonna go with his nickname more often because i think that colin calls him perry perry yeah someone called him perry at the beginning of it
1: oh uh, i think that was part of his was that part of his last name though because sometimes they say their whole names and it got a little clumped up together i don't think so no oh.
2: yeah, it I just... would have been a lot more of a mouthful than just perry <laughs> would have been so i want
0: to ask you guys because uh Irish spelling is really, really strange. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Carrie Condon plays Siobhan, which is the sister of Colin Farrell's character. Mm -hmm. How do you think you spell Siobhan?
1: Oh, gosh, I don't want
2: It's S-I-O-H-A-H-N? No, no, yeah. S-I-O-H-B-A-H-N.
0: You're so close, actually. It's S-I-O-B-H-A-N.
2: Ah, but have, that's crazy close that's nuts I oh, seen that na- I've seen it before Yeah. It's, uh what's her name the uh the girl from Ladybird that's
1: um mm, That's her no she's I thought she was sersha or is she not
2: oh yeah that's sersha but or yeah is like Saoirse? yeah you're right it, it's Saoirse. I don't, yeah and I also so I knew that that was the how the spelling for the sound and I looked at the uh the spelling of her name in the credits Oh, okay. Yeah. Dude. So I'm not, I'm not like, oh, like over here like, oh yeah, I'm a,
1: but dude, a connoisseur
2: of Irish names and spellings, you uh, <laughs> you lesser people.
1: <laughs> that's like my whole thing growing up Well, I thought like massage and massage were like two different things. Like massage came out of <laughs> your, out of your shower spout and like massages were like nice. This is the same thing. I've seen Siobhan, that uh, name, should, written so should, many times.
2: You should really clarify why you think that. yeah what is message <laughs> coming, oh, because, coming like, out of your 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 shower,
1: shower. like <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm like disgusted imagining something very strange
1: no because like you can rotate it to make it on the massage setting but it just comes out like and it's like not nice. It's just like a mass of water hitting you repeatedly. I was
0: thinking like goo and it's like, oh, there's all this <laughs> message that flowing out of my faucet.
2: Uh, I feel like, no. yeah, yeah, it's not a semantic problem that you have with your shower.
1: No, but anyway, I have seen Siobhan written so many times and heard it, but I've always said Siobhan when I read it. Yeah.
2: yeah I've always said that too. There's also like a, like a place in, um, uh, Elden Ring, which I've been playing a lot of, called uh, it looks like "Shofer River," but "Shofer River." Oh, Okay. Cool. Now that we've gotten so that out of the way, like, yeah,
1: <laughs> I wouldn't have spelled it right. Don't worry.
2: <laughs> so, uh, so
0: Calvin, what movie did you see? Like, what was your experience? What you take from this?
2: So, honestly, I saw maybe uh, uh, an interpretation that I don't think a lot of other people will have taken it for because it's very, it's very, very subtle. I don't think it's his main point, but I saw a movie that was was about the absurdity of human legacy that they'd uh they'd rather cut off the thing um that make that they want to do rather than filling it um and i kind of think of it as like an, an allegory or like a metaphor same as as van gogh like if you think of that story as being completely true which i'm not totally sure on the historical details but like he couldn't draw an ear so he cut it off but it, uh, and, and gave yeah. it to someone like it's like here's the actual representation which I can't do which I don't actually think is what happened.
0: I thought I always heard he sent it to a an old girlfriend or something. yeah,
2: and he was trying to draw an ear for her. that's th- that's the the classic story that I've heard. Oh, I that's kind of that's,
1: that's kind of sweet. Like I couldn't draw you an ear, so here's my ear. Yeah, that's Aww. I mean. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I think that you would kind of think that like this, that's what that gets bitch, the ladies going. Yeah, like, like I've cut off my fingers. It's like I don't want to. That's such a sweet sentiment. He's going to such lengths to let him know to like shut the fuck up. It's,
1: yeah. a, it's like a very defining thing, right? Like, would you cut off a body part for someone you love or for someone you hate? Like, yeah, which I, one are you gonna pick?
2: Exactly, and I think that's the thing. Is like what they drive through through. Uh, Uh, drive um, home the difference between being nice and leaving a legacy like I just can't have you around you're holding me back holding Mm -hmm. me down and the fact that like you know like this is like literally like I could either have these fingers and talk to you and not do anything or I could cut them off and not do anything either way like you in my life you were the one holding me back Mm -hmm. and I think that's like a big part of what this movie is about is like why like Siobhan leaves um because she needs to make something she like you know her brother is in like dire straits but like she's like i can't i can't be here like that's not my like not like my calling
0: yeah no i get that yeah i agree about the the idea of it's surrounding like legacy and i I thought it kind of focused on especially uh brendan gleason's character is like his own mortality and like what am i going to do with what i have the time Mm -hmm. i have left and i i sort of thought that that was kind of the message for every character is like what is important to them like what and Parik, it seems like his what's important to him is to care about people and have people care about him. And then uh Siobhan, like later on she, she has to go and like kind of forge her own path because she's stuck in this place, she's stuck on this island, she needs to do something else. So I I thought it was like kind of encountering their own mortality and like what is important to them moving forward. So I I I agree with
2: you. It's like to him it's his legacy and like what is he gonna be remembered for? Yeah. So and then just as a quick synopsis of the whole movie, it's about two friends that have been friends forever and suddenly one friend doesn't want to be friends anymore, and he wants to be left alone and he threatens to cut off his own fingers if his friend doesn't leave him alone. And that's it. It's a it's a long movie for such a short synopsis. Sure, sure. <laughs>
1: um. I mean you do have ten fingers though. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like that idea
0: of it, it, him deciding, like, what's important to him is to have this legacy and, like, leave a, uh, leave his mark. Because uh, I think that's kind of a struggle that people just have with in general. It's like, am I going to spend time, like, working on my success? Like, is my career going to be important to me? Or is my family going to be important to me? And I think that uh, Parik and Colm both kind of show the two sides of that. Where for Colm it's like, it's important to him to invest time and work. And for Parik, he's like, you know what? I just like to be around people and I just like to enjoy the life I have. Like he's so he's like such a little kid, like everything is just nice and fun to him. Uh, and he's not really taking it all seriously, but he seems to be having a better time than everyone else. So I, I like that idea is like, what's important to you? Is it, you know, career or is it happiness?
2: Yeah. And I think it's the difference in the way they see the chats that they have um, as it being nice, normal chat and uh, versus useless chat. Remainless I do chat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love what he
0: says. Uh, Colm says, He's like, You want me to have a meaningless chat with a limited man? That's like one of my favorite (laughs) lines.
1: He's like, No, nice, normal chatting. (laughs) You're gonna ignore the limited, which is also why I think it's so cool that, or not so cool, but it's so important. This is just on this small town, it's just this tiny little space, and you can just imagine it being a hard life, but also like as a small town, everyone has your back, you talk to everybody. Everyone knows everyone. It can be a really, really nice place to be. I think a lot of people want that. But then there's also a lot of people who feel so stuck in it to different level and have different levels of either awareness around it or, or have different ways of dealing with it. Like yeah, Siobhan think, just leaves, whereas yeah. Colm has to do something he doesn't want to leave, really.
2: Yeah, I think, and she even says that. And it's so nice being on the mainland where no one is is mental and bitter. And just like, mm-hmm. well, it's probably because everyone from Spain. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was a funny little joke, especially coming from like Mark McDonough writing it in because like, he is Irish.
1: He's Irish, but he's born in I think lived in London or was born in London. Ah, maybe, which is why it's funny too when they throw little jokes like "What are you? What are you English?" <laughs> <laughs> when he's like, and yet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: wasn't there a joke too he's like uh, because it's a civil war you know in ireland he's like man things were just so much easier when it was just us fighting the brits or whatever yeah Yeah, we we, we were just (laughs) killing the english yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) i do love a lot of those
0: but and i think too it's like because it's a small town it makes this relationship ending like such a big deal because it's not like i mean because he tries to become friends sort of with uh barry cogan's character dominic Mm -hmm. but he's like so i mean he's like he's like the extreme end of what uh what i think park is like very, very childish, very dim. Like doesn't realize like he's kind of the butt of the joke all the time.
1: Yeah. But he's also, he also still knows more words yeah. than Park. That's right. True. Like he throws out when like, when he's like touche and they're like, what are you, what? what is that? He's like, it's from the French guys. Like get over it.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, so like losing that relationship is a huge deal. Cause it's not like you're in the big city where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll get a different job or I'll move on or I'll, I'll find new friends. I'll, I'll be a part of something else.
1: You can't even choose to not see them. Yeah. You're going to see them. You mm-hmm. have one pub.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah right
1: oh that's got to be so hard it's got to be so hard then to do that like have you so I remember specifically a moment of doing this to one of my friends being the column basically
3: Mm.
1: just we were we were friends for a really long time and we had a great time like going out and partying and stuff and then like I left the area I came back like a year or two later I was different I was like I don't want to do that anymore she was still doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and I I sat her down I was like you know I don't think I like being with you anymore sure like i don't think i like i don't like what you like and i basically said yes she's not smart enough to do anything else Mm -hmm. which was not true but it's exactly how i felt at the time i was like Mm -hmm. if i keep doing this with you we keep doing the same thing together so how do i move on or grow when you're not and i feel like calm just really felt like how do i expand how do i have students if you're like my best friend and want to chat every day
2: yeah about about your about your horse's shite Yeah, (laughs) but I thought I thought the exact same thing. I thought like this was so it's so interesting to think about like, um, you know, the pop cultural uh, problem of toxic friends and and setting boundaries and cutting everybody out of your life that isn't giving you happiness and those sorts of things. And what would happen if Mm -hmm. you put it in the context of a small island where you can't go anywhere?
1: It, like how do you ghost somebody?
2: Yeah. I mean like yeah. the the problem is is like it, there there are no there are no support systems anymore. And they clearly see they clearly know that still. I mean Colm still picks him up and takes him home, um, punches the police officer, uh, Kearney, um, when uh uh he's uh giving him crap about his donkey at the end of the yeah, movie yep. too. Like like still there's mm-hmm. this bond and this friendship. Um it's just the other parts of the friendship aren't good enough to To continue that part of the relationship so it's it's so interesting to see that the like because they're in such close proximity those things can't go away and you're losing like you're losing more than just a friendship in that case like whereas with us we're just losing friendships we have all of these we have the state we have um uh family members we have more options available to us if we cut out one person that's really close to us so losing like what is a third of your life in this relationship i they really drive home how crazy that is yeah mm-hmm.
0: and i think w- one thing that makes it interesting is the like the reason he's choosing to end the friendship is just because he's like i'm i'm spending too much time having conversations with you it's not like you're a toxic person in my life because like uh you're making me drink too much or like uh you, i i miss work all the time because you're always dragging me to do this and that or it's not like uh it's not like what I think you would typically find is a reason to end a friendship. Mm -hmm. And so like it made it, I I think Colm is like not very, it's hard to be sympathetic for him. I think initially because I mean, Parik is just a nice guy trying to have a good time and he seems like a genuinely good friend. Mm -hmm. He's not someone who's like dragging him down or anything,
1: but he does keep breaking into his house without (laughs) being invited.
0: Yeah. uh, I mean, it's just that small town thing, I guess because what we we talked about that goodnight, mommy where it's like a small town and the red cross people just walk into oh, their house just yeah that's just normal <laughs> yeah that's just what people do in small towns i guess
1: here too though yeah with him with Colum getting so much older yeah i feel like it just gives you pause to just stop and think i guess about legacy but also maybe just about how you want to really spend your time like hey now i'm this is all getting much clearer for me it could be over at any point and parox obviously younger so he's like we yeah, got as long as we're here we have all the time in the world he's very much in the moment
2: yeah and i wonder how much of uh of himself martin mcdonough put into uh colm's character because um he's talked about like you know maybe i'll never like it's been a while since i've made a movie like maybe i guess i'll get back into making movies like he has like this awareness about his own legacy and um yeah putting yourself into something that seems ultimately meaningless because he's uh colm talks about how like everybody remembers mozart like i don't know who that is like so that disproves your theory and he's also and then when siobhan is also like it was 18th century rather than 17th century it seems like such a like a little gotcha at the same um in one breath but if you really think about it it's also the fact that No one actually cares that much about you. Like, your name is attached to something that gives them something. They make it their own. So it's not really even about you. And the details don't matter. So whatever you are in your life, it's like, who cares? It's just if something gets remembered about you. Mm -hmm. And it could be good or bad. And I think that's kind of what he's driving uh, home the point of is that what um, Colm is actually probably going to get remembered for is... in. Kind of in the same vein as Van Gogh, like this is a guy who's just so crazy into his work or like this is like he went down such a uh, had a little bit of a a mental break in the end of his life and just cut off all his fingers because, you know, what are
1: people going to remember now? Are they going to remember the piece of music that he wrote and gave to the town? Are they going to remember him directing with bloody hand?
2: yeah like all everywhere. over the table the, yeah. oh my his gosh, blood is literally
1: yes. all over that town now like literally
2: yeah and it's like like a heavy-handed okay well <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's Meta- not that heavy of a hand but, but <laughs> not anymore <laughs> but it's like a metaphor like he's putting himself into the music basically and just like yeah. like throwing himself around like i'm going to leave a legacy whether that's my blood on your door or like on my yeah. violin it's it's so it's so strange to think about but i think it's all it's it's like saying good and bad like because it's not just about it being bad um in the in the context of calm it's also like the good of like you don't belong here you need to go and make something for yourself because you're more talented than anybody else with uh with Siobhan leaving I also
0: think it's kind of uh it's ironic that he makes such a big deal about like this is I'm gonna end this friendship so I can make music and you never actually hear the piece be played Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I like that idea of like, well, what is he really going to be remembered for? I think the idea is that he's not going to be remembered for the music because we never hear it. And yeah, people are going to be like, oh, that's that's, you know, that's the crazy guy who cut off all of his fingers. Yeah.
1: Is that the one that he was trying to start? He was like playing in the pub, like trying to direct the other kids to do?
2: Yeah, I think he was. Is that was, like the touch? I like think we don't it was hear a the whole song. Um, really? I'm not sure. Yeah. I thought it was One his. I thought they were. I thought he was teaching them his song. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. But well, I, I we guess. don't
1: hear the whole song, and we don't know that we heard the whole song.
0: Yeah, and and I think I think it's kind of on purpose because it's, yeah. it's like hinted at because he says he's finished it,
1: and we hear the first part. Yeah.
0: And Park's like, like it sounds like he's trying to get him to play it, mm-hmm. and uh, and and Colm just like won't indulge. Uh, because they're not friends anymore (laughs) and he's like trying to get that through to him
1: yeah he's just not gonna play it for him
2: yeah and the other thing i think that is so interesting is that is when it starts to become about his legacy and not about the friendship how off the rails that throws park's life he doesn't want to be a good person anymore. Like he just doesn't have it, he doesn't have it in himself to be a good person anymore because he has nothing. Um, He starts being uh, underhanded, trying to get rid of Colm's friends. And when he uh, admits to other people, that's what he did. Like, wow, you're, wow, this like, you're not nice anymore. I thought you were different than one of those other people. And like, I think that's the despair that Colm sees. It's like, what, you know, there aren't any even nice people anymore and everything is bleak. And I think that's, I mean... We can get into Dom later, but I think he commits suicide. I don't think he slips off. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, Dominic. I think that's very much related to their feud.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's, it's all like, you mentioned Katya we were talking afterwards about ripples, like every action that someone did had, had multiple ripples on someone else
1: that's what i that's part of what i liked about this movie too is because you got to see you got to see the small little thing between friends but it's happening in this town where everyone's listening and watching and spreading it and Mm -hmm. then these people have other friends and then you have like the war going on in the background and that's you know like an even bigger you know example of what's going on here but yeah it's just so much more obvious it's like if if you're if you want to leave a a legacy but every thing that you're doing in your real life is you know hurting other people then yeah what's your legacy or mm-hmm. if you want to be a nice person and then that's sh- shattered because the person you thought you were the nicest to and because and for no longer even likes you why be nice anymore and then everyone just like starts breaking down that Dominic's like you're not even nice anymore is anybody nice anymore
3: mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna shoot my last shot try to get Siobhan to date me <laughs> she that, doesn't I love it's it. like it's like <laughs> that was see. his last He's like, well, this is the last thing I haven't done, basically.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll just watch Barry Cogan. He's always like, yeah. I think the best part of any movie I've seen him in is he's one of my favorite actors. Yeah. I just love. Him. He's like, I'm, I'm going to get back to doing the thing I came over here, over there to do. It's just like so, so goofy and so funny in this.
1: Yeah, yeah, but he really like calls. I love how he kind of, he kind of uh, accentuates some situations or, you know, kind of makes them worse. And he's really loud. But he's also just kind of. Tender and nice at sometimes, like he's just like you know, you're gonna be all right.
2: Yeah, there's an authenticity <laughs> to <laughs> to right. his character, um, and I just feel like the way he delivers all of his lines. I don't think that anybody wrote any of his lines that he's ever <laughs> delivered he's like oh i have a different idea for that can i do this What like, it feels like wow yeah. that's perfect that yeah, just, he just is dominic yeah that's, like that's the words you. themselves don't feel like they they fit with any of the other characters um because the way he delivers them is like wow that just feels like it's coming out of you and not from a script that fit into all of these relation uh these relationship interplays yeah,
1: yeah and one of my favorite parts is what kind of underlines how ridiculous what calm's doing is because you know park starts they him and dominic are drinking on the wall and starts saying something about calm again and Dominic just gets up and was like yep I told you if you started talking I was leaving bye he just leaves it's like yeah Mm. that that's a reasonable response just walk away don't go cut your fingers off yeah yeah like yeah there's multiple ways to end a conversation you know it's crazy
0: all right uh (laughs) Katya what movie did you see
1: so I saw some legacy but more more than anything I think I just saw a story of getting older and feeling stuck I guess legacy goes into that. It's so hard as a younger person or someone who's in a newer age where anything you do do is going to get lost in everything else, you know, eventually it's, it's not like going to stand out necessarily unless you're like Rihanna or Kim Kardashian and you're going to live forever. Um... (laughs) But it feels like such a different thing to to feel. So for me, it felt like a lot more about, yeah, just the fear of, maybe not even the fear, but just, yeah, the existential threat of going away forever and what that actually means and how useless all this war is and all the fighting is. And it doesn't matter who's fighting. It's just kind of pointless. So I guess that kind of goes into legacy. I didn't pick up so much legacy. I know they talk a lot about legacy throughout the movie. And that's obviously what he's trying to do. But at the end, once it's all over, once, the, once he's kind of fought the fight with Parik and it's gotten to the point that he wants it to be, that Colin wants it to be, like all thoughts of legacy are kind of, they feel kind of gone. And we might talk about that more later. But, you know, it seems almost like he realizes it's not that important.
0: Well, it's also like in, in the way he's going to have a legacy is he, it's not really attainable anymore because he doesn't have any fingers to play the music that he wanted to be remembered for. But he wrote a song. I suppose that's true.
1: He got a ditty out.
2: Yeah. But how is he ever going to play it again if he didn't? I mean, yeah, maybe he was teaching it to those those kids. Um, Maybe he didn't teach it to anyone and didn't write it down. Yeah. So and he only just knows how to play it. It's, it looks
1: like he was writing it, writing it. He was writing something.
2: Yeah. I mean, he could have been. I mean, but it's also... It, I I felt like that could have also been the case because some people play their music like that. It's more of a Mm -hmm. um, like an internal thing and they don't know anything.
1: Also, his house got burned down.
2: Yeah. So any notes he did have are probably gone. Um, But yeah, I feel like that's just it's that's a lot of his movies is um, this the absurd again. Like we talked about in with uh, in Bruges, like um I listened to a podcast on Nietzsche, um, a little while ago, and I don't think he's like a great philosopher, but I think he did point out a couple things about like, as the world becomes, like societies become more and more secular, and the average citizen is presented with the loss of God, what happens? I don't think that God is necessarily something that that anybody needs, um... But you need to replace it with something. You need to have like a reason and a purpose and a hope. And if you don't have those, what do you do? Like, I think that's that's what a lot of what his films, um, I think actually a lot of modern literature and a lot of modern art is about this idea of like, what does any of it actually mean if this is it? And we have spent, uh, millennia thinking that there's more and would want would want to be moral people like what what does why does any of it matter like, like should I be a good person to enjoy this or should I try and make a legacy that I'll never even uh, be able to see?
1: That's the problem with technology. The easier your life gets, the harder you have to think about things, or the more time you have to think about stuff. Mm-hmm. It's probably why when you get old, you start thinking about this stuff because you just have more time to think about it.
2: Yeah, I do, I do think that that like in a, you know yeah, but in I, so, to some extent yeah, I think that like uh, Maslow's um, hierarchy yeah. of of needs, I think it's something that it's going to be continuously revisited as we move higher and higher up into mm-hmm. um, standards of living. Like obviously, not everyone in the world it has you know gone gone to the point where they need to revise the the uh Mm -hmm. the hierarchy there are still people that struggle with with food security and drinkable water and those are still very necessary but as societies overall start to um transcend those those basic needs those are just a given then we need to start talking about the then all of the other things become a lot more important Mm -hmm. like like mental health like it, I, I don't want to sound like like Cosmo, but at the same time, like I mean the magazine Cosmo. <laughs> okay, yeah,
1: I was like, which Cosmo are you, is this? Another? Is this like fair? Is fair? Is there a Cosmo and Fairly Odd Parents?
2: Cosmo and Wanda. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like, which Cosmo is it?
2: Yeah, I was going, yeah deep dive reference there. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I don't like want to like. But the thing is, is like those things get so much more important when all of our basic needs are met, and we really need to look at like society will get bad. From other places that we have deficiencies in that we have not uh, paid attention to for decades and decades because we've been worrying about other problems like plague. I mean, that's a big <laughs> deal, Sure, that hopefully will not be as big a deal later in the future. But that's that doesn't seem to be the case. I felt like I think a lot of scientists thought that by now we would not really need to worry about it. But it's obviously still a major concern.
1: Yeah, but overall, I think McDonald's biggest message is just stick to your principles, man. Do what you say you're going (laughs) to say. Like the only movies I've watched were In Bruges two days ago and this one. And yeah, just like if you say you're going to do it, do it. But also, yeah, what is being a good person? Is it being nice to your friends? Is it being nice to most people? Is it being nice to everyone? Does being nice to one person involve shooting another person for them? You know, it's like, what, how do you even be nice at some point? And I think, yeah, sometimes Parikh struggles with that. Like, what even, was the point of being nice and what is even nice?
2: Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting, the the fact that you mentioned uh, in Bruges, um, where after killing what he thinks is a child, Ralph Fiennes' character kills himself, because that's mm-hmm. what he said earlier in the movie. Um, that's what he said he'd do. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there was like when we saw the trailer for this, like I'm going to cut off one of my fingers if you if you bother me again. And that felt like a very real threat coming from uh, Martin McDonagh's movies like, oh, that's going to happen and then when he's like next time he bothers me again i it won't be just the one it'll be all four left you like knew that he was going to cut off all of his fingers yeah
1: which is kind of oh sorry no
2: no no. go ahead i don't have anything i was gonna say that's
1: it, it was kind of nice almost knowing what to expect like it made the it it brought the shock factor way down i don't even think any of any of this movie was sensational at all. Like, you know, in Bruges, there's definitely a little bit more sensational moments and sensational gore and things like that. Yeah, Yeah, heads exploding, (laughs) like near the end. But having watched that and kind of knowing that if he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It it just made you more interested in like thinking about why it's happening or why he's doing it or you, you didn't even there was no tension around. Is he going to do it?
0: Mm hmm. Well, it, you know he's yeah. gonna do it. So. And it makes Parik's behavior like so much more like unexplainable. Yeah, it's so like it's like, it's you, like do you, do know you know you're hurting this other person too, so and it's like but you're gonna continue to try and like uh, repair this uh, this relationship. It's like he is 100 percent honest. He's gonna throw every finger he has at your door if you keep
2: doing this.
1: What if this is all a story of addiction, and Parik and Colum are two of two people as one?
2: Is it the movie that you watched? <laughs> <laughs>
1: because he keeps going back to Colm because he's addicted to him.
2: Yeah, maybe we'll talk about that more in further interpretations at the end because I think that's a a very interesting idea still too. Right. Yeah, And just
1: being, yeah, totally changing when someone's gone, being so codependent on someone and what happens. Or I guess dependent because they weren't codependent.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, you could say codependency. I think that um, Colm just woke up one day and Mm. realized that he wasn't codependent. I think that's, I didn't, see that as um a word that came to my mind when i saw this movie but i could see that i i I do think that like when you uh, have limited the number of um support systems that you have that like codependency is something that happens all the time on those islands and why not despair when one person wrongs you even slightly right because it's like that's your world
1: that's your world that's why it makes it it's so hard right like their parents uh parents have died He's living in their house with his sister and then he just loses everything. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, he doesn't think he's ever been lonely. Right. So like, are you ever lonely? And he's like, Pff.
0: I love that. He's, <laughs> he's just like, like scoffs yeah, yeah. he's like,
1: what is Be- wrong with everybody yeah. today? Like <laughs> what the hell. hell is going <laughs> on? It's just like, guys, get out of here. Of course, Like, just we're like, he's probably like, we're in paradise. And I mean, this, this is beautifully shot in a beautiful place and you can so easily see that, but you mm-hmm. can also so easily see everything else.
0: Right
2: yeah and it's interesting yeah then comparing the difference between Siobhan and um, Polrakh who have different aspirations in life and mm-hmm. how the context of this island is hell for one and heaven for the other mm-hmm. and when you change parts of it then it becomes hell for everyone so with that Connor what movie did you see?
0: <laughs> I saw uh, The Banshees of Inasheron <laughs> <laughs> I was I was hoping that would hit better <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hit all right. Yeah, that was a, that was a,
2: that was a pretty good hit. Uh, all right.
1: Uh, I laughed more at that than I did throughout the entire of In Bruges. So,
2: I just don't think. That, <laughs> I think that you weren't in the right headspace. You did too much crying and not enough laughing.
1: Okay. Anyway, sorry, Connor. <laughs>
2: no, you're good. Which
1: banshees did you see?
2: So I,
0: I originally I, I think when I was first going through it, I was like, oh, this is just like a breakup movie, and it's just, <laughs> it's just, uh, instead of it being a boyfriend girlfriend, uh, I was just thinking like, oh yeah, this is just. Colin Farrell going to go through all these different stages of like losing a girlfriend or whatever. I mean, that that was sort of like the idea, I thought, you know, the sadness, like, what is it? Uh, was it Dabda? De- depression, anger, bargaining, I acceptance. Oh, yeah, oh, well, the, I, I the thought it was just going to be grief. like, these are the stages of, you know, of a breakup of grief. Yeah. Yeah. And then as it went on, I was like, OK, this doesn't really feel like that. I, I thought it was kind of the idea of maybe paralleling their their kind of breakup and their split to uh, the civil war going on in ireland as well mm. uh it's like the idea that even though uh colm doesn't want to have this relationship anymore and he he's like like we said earlier like sticking to his principles and so he can no longer live like this way with this other person and that's what's caused their split but he still i mean there's not like anger about it they don't he doesn't hate him and he even helps him up after mm-hmm. uh, after uh, park's been been punched by the police officer and i kind of thought like maybe that was the idea of this civil war in ireland it's like you know, we can't agree with each other and we can't get along, but like we're all still like countrymen and we need to figure it out still. And so like a, a maybe a way of uh, yeah. coexisting, but not being in like a friendly relationship anymore. But we can't keep killing each other. We can't keep hurting each other, which is what keeps happening. You know, uh, Colm keeps cutting off his fingers and then it eventually leads to uh, Parak burning down his house. But eventually they need to stop. They need to come to terms. Mm-hmm. They'll never have the same relationship they did, but they can't stay on this direction anymore
2: yeah and i think that if i were to, to say anything that the, the main point of the movie would be is that that it's an allegory of uh, the irish civil war um and i'm i don't know if this part of it was called was also called the troubles obviously we did belfast i was um, gonna
1: say it feels it's a good companion movie to belfast where they're the same way they're like hey don't shoot me today but you can shoot me tomorrow yeah you know what i mean like don't come over here we'll be fine sure but they have to go over there so yeah
2: yeah I'm not so sure if it's
1: the same thing i
2: think of um uh, Colm's character then as being in allegory for Ireland. Like if you guys don't stop fighting, if you don't like, you're, you're just going to get, you're going to lose your entire country. You're going to lose your countrymen. You're going to lose your, your livestock. Um, everything's just going, if, because you just keep pushing the issue of mm-hmm. why things are different. Um, because I mean, they, they talk about too, like the officer going, uh, to <laughs> go help with an execution because one of the, uh, Oh, I don't remember the the names. The obviously the IRA and the uh, something Free Alliance, I think, is what it was.
0: I don't think it's funny that you don't remember because he doesn't yeah. seem to care either. Yeah, yeah, he he's care. like, he I, I don't he's care he's who's like, executing who. Yeah, he's, and like, he's
2: like, like, yeah, the Free Alliance, they're gonna they're gonna uh, kill a couple of the IRA boys, and he's like. Look, was it the other way yeah. around? <laughs> he's like I, yeah. yeah
1: he's like i i mean i'd go to execute you if i was getting paid whatever he's getting paid or whatever
2: <laughs> yeah exactly and i think that's the, that's really the point is like it's ridiculous that people are okay with the, the the uh insanity of fighting against your own countrymen in uh a way that hurts you and everyone you love because of the fight for its own sake
1: yeah. So the, actually the, the Irish, civil, just a little bit of history background, the Irish civil war was before the troubles. Oh, okay.
2: So but the the troubles is dead. like, in, the,
1: the troubles was 1968 to 1998. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think like when I was doing, my, probably fed off of it.
2: Yeah. Cause that's what I was, when I, in my research for Belfast that it was talking about like, okay, we want to talk about the troubles. Well, let's go back to 1780. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Basically yeah, all it, the way back.
2: Yeah. Cause there's just a lot of, uh, uh, political dissension and problems with ireland that have led up to the the civil war even to this point Mm -hmm. so it's hard to really put into a box what the what the problem was
1: it's probably all the drinking man
2: (laughs) i mean they did they did (laughs) confess to that a lot
1: really (laughs) like this fight was started because they were drunk no i mean in the movie (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah
0: but yeah just i think more of the uh, we haven't like really talked a lot about cinematography or anything but i i love the uh kind of the parallel of them seeing like smoke off in the distance in the mainland Mm -hmm. and then after uh parik is burned down the house it's like a similar shot and that's why i was like okay Mm -hmm. this is just kind of a different perspective or like a a a little microcosm of of the civil war is their relationship like their feud because then you see the the little smoke in the background and i just think those two shots mirror each other really well
1: there are a lot of really great shots yeah i love all the light like all the naturally lit
0: I
2: don't everything. think all of it was natural. Well, oh yeah, like, well, like inside the everything houses
1: felt very naturally, like yeah. inside the houses, inside the pub, the windows, you know.
2: Yeah, it felt it very made it true feel to the period. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say that uh, because it's because it is a microcosm, because it is uh an allegory, it feels like um like folk taleish. Um, Katya brought that point up to me earlier, or one of you Little did. Story. Yeah. yeah. like... Yeah. They and like i think that's too. and i think that's very interesting um when you think of it like that especially with the presence of like the uh the old crone or miss mccormick exactly yeah maybe
1: like a ghoul i think she's just a ghoul because <laughs> doesn't dominic <laughs> say she is a ghoul yeah, Well she but, describes like, <laughs> like a
2: ghoul as like uh, in in um folkloric <laughs> terms it's not quite the same thing
1: what's a ghoul in folkloric terms calvin a
2: ghoul is more like a zombie Yeah, it's not quite like a goblin. She
1: looks a lot like a zombie. I mean... (laughs) To be fair, but she's also (laughs) not
2: like trying to eat people.
1: But she might be the Banshee.
0: Yeah, so I... Banshee's... That's sort of what I thought, too. Predict death, right? uh, Yeah, because I thought it was... was, It felt to me like this has got to be a story that's based on some old folktale. And it's just you've changed the characters in the setting, maybe. Uh, So I I was wondering if it was based on something like that. Because I I do know... Yeah, like the old crone, like that character archetype is clearly in this. And I was like, I wonder what... Some, what old uh, Irish, yeah. Irish folk tale is this from?
1: But it might not, you know, like I was reading it up on Martin McDonough and it just seems like he, he wrote a lot of rewrites of fairy tales as kids. He really liked, you know, like things like he even rewrote some of the Grimm stories, which are like, they're not quite dark enough. You know, like <laughs> it's it's like another step. So it yeah. might be Inject based...
2: a little modern horror. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's probably like loosely based on an idea of a folk story, but he probably added all these things in because they are very... Folktale like, she's got to be there, right? You have to have the crone sure. or the banshee or whatever you are. Right. It felt very fairy fairytale-esque. And yeah. It, it, and that makes it nice, too, because it, it feels like... I love things that you can interpret it as, like, this is what it is. What I'm seeing is what it is. Mm-hmm. But also, it, it's not like that at all. It's like everything else. And it also makes all of the little characters and or all the different characters in the town just kind of feel more cohesive or just more interesting like it all it just makes it so fun to watch everybody be like catch on yeah one by one like the whole first right like it's so interesting that the first 15 or 20 minutes it's basically everybody saying the same thing over and over again in different areas like are you rowing are you rowing are you rowing? you must be rowing you should go talk to him i'll go talk to him shouldn't i he won't talk to me are you rowing yeah you should go talk to him like 20 minutes of the yeah. movie, but it's I, so fun to watch.
2: And I think of when you think of it like in as a as a folktale, and yeah. we've talked before a nauseum in some episodes <laughs> <laughs> about how folktales are expressions of human unconscious. And so if it's if constantly repeated lines then maybe that all of that dialogue all of the characters are just in park's head and he's like i just don't understand like are we we i we must be i don't get it
0: i love that yeah Yeah. he starts to feel like convinced himself he's like i guess we must be right like that's the
2: that's the only option yeah but it's interesting i think that like there when like when we watched lamb i think that is much more folkloric than this I think that Lamb is one of my one of my favorite movies. I know you're looking at the poster. I right? did. I, I, I th- love that. <laughs> one oh, of my favorite posters. I was
1: like, "Wait, what was Lamb about again?" I remember. Yeah,
2: so so great. Cannot recommend enough. If anybody else has not watched it at least once, um, but it's it's one that takes multiple viewings. And I think here it's not as heavy-handedly uh, folkloric. I think that there are a lot of ways of of looking at this movie. And I think that's why, like Martin McDonough is. Uh, becoming one of my favorite directors because there are so many levels that it seems that he is either intentionally creating his uh art to work on in terms of like allegory for the war allegory for for personal legacy the absurdity of human life and the existential dread of it as well as all of these folkloric um influences and uh way and metaphors and way he wants to convey his ideas he has all of those going on at the same time to the point where like you can choose one and that's like that's that's the movie that you're watching um Mm-hmm. And you, and when you take them all together, it just creates so many levels of of um, clear uh, intention of how he wants to convey something. He you, there are so many things that he he can convey that you can take away, and you'll miss a lot too. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's what makes him such an intelligent director and writer. I mean, again, like if he's writing all of these things, then that like, even yeah. better. I yeah, I'm again.
0: I, I was saying the same thing about In Bruges. Like I'm, I'm so impressed with how it, his. Writing is really clever, and there's a lot of humor in it, despite it being like such a heavy subject matter. Every movie seems to have, like, like I watched Three Billboards last night, and that's an incredibly depressing movie. Mm. And I mean, I, I like got choked up and and got really teary eyed through parts of it. And none of the dialogue that is humorous though seems to like undercut or take away from mm-hmm. what we're supposed to be taking seriously. And I think this movie is the same way. Yeah, it is really absurd that this guy is going to mutilate himself over this relationship, but I still think that there's enough like humor in it that. It's not. It doesn't make this movie like so depressing that you can't get through it because there's still enough like kind of levity. But that's not taking away from the serious parts of the movie.
2: It almost enhances them because Mm -hmm. you have they're they're so diametrically opposed that um, one it makes it makes the humor so much blacker and so mm-hmm. much funnier because it's like oh my god this is like serious this is a this is a, a big deal
1: and it's like real life it's like a real life portrayal yeah you get to watch it it's not just the sensation like ah, i cut my hand off for you we
2: never even saw anything no you never <clears> saw <throat> him
1: cut his hand off and you see the aftermath of him just living with his out his fingers now
2: yeah i love how he's yes. just so like obvious about it too like i'm not gonna bandage this yeah. I'm just going to bleed on the town.
0: <laughs>
1: Seriously.
2: I, I, was,
0: I made a note uh, when I was watching Martin McDonough's other films, and I, 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 we've complained about like Marvel movies and how all their humor seems to undercut whatever serious moment had just taken place. And I think one of the big differences between what Martin McDonough does and what like a Marvel movie does is that the, the characters, it's not like funny to them. Like, mm. this is just how they actually are. This mm-hmm. is just them actually speaking to each other. And it's funny to the audience because, like, there's just, like, little quips and little lines every once in a while that, that are humorous. In, like, a Marvel movie, it's like, okay, now have the dramatic pause, like, for laughter. That way the audience can enjoy it and, like, the characters are in on it, too. Like, they know they're being funny and, mm-hmm. and quippy and everything. Yeah. So And it's so unnatural and it ruins whatever nice moment you built up because it's like, haha. Fart joke after my big dramatic speech. Yeah, yeah. I was
1: just thinking about it. Cause there's that one part, there's this one part in this movie where Parik says something and he's pausing, but only because he's like trying to figure out what's going on. And it was the thing he said though, everybody in the theater laughed. Yeah. So we're all laughing, but still watching him like struggle. And it was still essentially a pause for laughter sure. almost, but you didn't, it didn't feel like that. So, yeah. yeah. It was, it was really, I thought the humor in this was great. And like I told you guys multiple times, that was way funnier than in Bruges
0: <laughs> which again your like,
1: podcast misled me
0: <laughs> that's probably fair I, I feel like we did say that it's there's a lot of really sad and bad things that happen but i definitely he spent a lot of time how
1: sad they were
0: i spent a lot of time like, gushing over how funny i think
2: the movie is
1: colin, colin Farrell was like crying like 50 percent of the movie that he wasn't being an asshole
2: It's because he was depressed that was the point
1: Oh, they did so, and then this the in this movie though they did they did also such a good time or job of of crying like it gets me so hard when like guys m- mostly men right are just like you can tell they're like shaking or they're like really having a a really sad or negative reaction like right after Parik's told to like go sit somewhere else and he's like trying to drink his beer and his like hands are shaking and his face is quivering mm-hmm. oh. And that happens, Brendan Gleason does that later, too. It's a very similar, like, he's kind of shaking because he's sad about something. It's just, like, gets me.
2: Yeah, those very real, human, They're super real. They're, like, trying not to show events. it. Mm-hmm.
1: They're just, like, I- I'm not showing it. And if you weren't paying attention, you, you wouldn't see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man.
0: So I want to talk about Dominic and his suicide, or at least I, I believe it's a suicide. He's f- fished out of the lake. Uh what do you guys think that means? Because I, I sort of thought it was just suicide because he had been rejected, but I feel like you guys have a different take on that than I do.
1: Yeah.
2: I think it's I think it's all of the despair. Like his father beats him. Uh the only nice person that he ever knew is actually not a nice person at all. And then he's get and the and he gets rejected by Siobhan at the end. So I think it's those are your options. Either make something of yourself hurt yourself or kill yourself that is like the human condition and he is one aspect of it
1: Mm -hmm. he's gonna do like i think it's interesting that the priest keeps asking you know calm. like are you gonna do anything about it about your despair Mm -hmm. and he says no i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna do anything about it i'm assuming he's talking about are you gonna hurt yourself Mm -hmm. because you shouldn't and i also think it's interesting that they don't even you know park just says yeah he probably slipped or something i don't know if he's saying that to like save siobhan the hurt by saying he slipped or if that's what everyone's going to say, that yeah. happens. Like, they're not going to say that there's a chance he killed
2: himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. because obviously there are untruths in his letter talking mm-hmm. about how Jenny was yeah. nuzzling up to him at that moment. There are
1: a lot of untruths, yeah. The main catalyst for Dominic killing himself was when Parik told him what he did to call him student. Mm-hmm. I think that's where okay. Dominic was like, yeah, because that's when he says, y- you're not nice, Yeah, and leaves. And the next time you see him, he's, he's asking Siobhan to you know like would you ever he doesn't even ask her out he just says would you ever love someone like me yeah. which is such a different thing than would you ever like would you want to get a drink with me or would you have dinner with me he's just like
0: yeah it's not even would a you date ever
1: love someone like like would you the the nicest smartest person i know right even though she's been you know very vocally rude to him she's still probably the nicest person one of them that he knows yeah like would would anybody ever love me
0: do you guys that's think, so sad. is he, is it him that's out of focus at the end when, uh.
1: That's what, call, yeah, Clark I thought it was. is waving to
0: Siobhan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because... I thought it was
1: the crow, the woman initially, and then Calvin mentioned it might be the, it was probably dominic
2: yeah it was my my ideas were either that it was dominic or or no yeah it was i didn't think it was dominic i thought it was either colm or it was uh miss mccormick because it was an all black figure but it was so out of focus that i think that eventually like you know i don't know how i think he dies right there and that's why she stopped smiling yeah um but i so i think that it's weird in the letter that they find his body i think i mean it's probably because nobody else saw him but her yeah that's why i thought yeah like
0: it, you kind of see the color go drain from mm-hmm. her face and she's not it, it, as excited about leaving anymore. And I think it's cause she sees yeah. uh, Dom on top of this cliff and she is afraid that, Oh my gosh, like what I did to him, like my rejection is going to lead to him like committing suicide here. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It's just another ripple. Yeah. yeah. But I
0: did too. I, I thought maybe it was Colm up there with him and, and she was worried that like, Oh my God, like I was this like part of stability in Parik's life. And she was like always like a buffer between, uh, yeah. Him and uh, between Parak and Colm, and she's like, "I'll talk to him," or uh, she's like, "like yeah," to yeah, kind to of stay mediate away from it, you. yeah. And so I thought maybe if it was Colm up on the cliff with him, she's like, "Oh God!" Like now it's gonna get worse because I'm leaving and I'm not there to like kind of yeah. s- uh, stabilize the situation. So I, yeah, I like the idea of I, I, I think it it's Dom anything. up there, but I like yeah. the idea of like just the thought of her leaving. It's it's her coming to this realization that. Things are going to change drastically for like the people I'm leaving behind. Mm-hmm. And like maybe she feels responsible in some way for that, even though she needs she's to happy. like follow through with what she needs to do.
1: Which is also even just talking about that is so cool, right? Like no matter who it is, the old lady who could be portending, you know, Parik's death because she already said someone's going to die. So her just being there could be like, hey, he's going to die. She might be freaking out or it could be Colum, and she'd be nervous because of that. Or it could be Dominic. Killing himself. I mean, even that is so interesting that it could be any of those things. Yeah, and each one is not interesting.
0: Yeah, and I I like that you brought up kind of the the crone and like the prediction of the two deaths Mm -hmm. because I I read an article and I was like, well, like these are like really vague self fulfilling prophecies. So it's like, of course, and especially if you include animal deaths, which what it ends up happening. (laughs) And so it's like, it's it reminds me of like you know when people uh, they have their astrology sign or mm-hmm. am i saying that right horoscope There's horoscope yeah and it's like oh you're such an aquarius or whatever and it's because <laughs> all the attributes are so vague that you could really kind of assign them to anyone so when she like makes this prophecy that oh someone's two people are gonna die or two there There'll will be, be two, two deaths. deaths it's like well that could be anything yeah and, and it, it it adds kind of like the weird like i said like kind of folky mystery to it it's like mm-hmm. oh is there really are there real banshees is she like magical or mystical in some way mm-hmm. And so i kind of like i like it I like he's got a lot of layers and it makes you think about his movies.
1: But she just might be a little little old lady shit disturber, right? Yeah, I think she's just like walking around screwing stuff up and like actually spreading all the gossip. She's like, I'm going to make this happen by saying it. (laughs)
2: But I also think that she's uh, meant to be like a a grim reaper because Mm. she has the the stick. By the end. Yeah, Yeah, at the end. And it's such nice foreshadowing when Dominic is talking about like, what would you grab with this? Maybe something a stick's length away? (laughs)
1: when he finds like which is it just looks like a shepherd's hook of some sort
2: it looks like a fish hook
1: or a fish hook yeah you know like it's what they use to fish people out of pools is the first thing i thought
2: oh there you go that's why it's great it's just
1: a a bigger hook at the end Mm -hmm. so so yeah i feel like it just there's so many things that that could have happened there and it's so interesting that it almost feels like the police the policeman's on his way to probably kill parik or he's at least arrest him, but who knows how bad he'll beat him first. Yeah, and then it ends up being Dominic. It just kind of swerves away.
2: Mm-hmm. But I think like with like looking at Dominic's character and looking at Miss McCormick, the I, the more times I watch this movie, I think I'll come away with more theories. I think that my um, purgatory uh, and suicide theory in Bruges. Uh, from in Bruges came after a couple viewings. And I think there's a yeah. lot more material here mm-hmm. than even in that movie to, uh, to wade through and find another, another little allegory, another little inspiration of how he decided to craft this tale. Cause there's just so much,
1: so much. And even going into that, you, you wanted to talk about the animals and all these,
2: yeah, like they, it, it felt like, animals. it felt like they were very, very omnipresent in the end. Like they were all over the house, um, there was a lot of shots with animals as well, but I just think that it's it it made it feel uh, more um more fantastical when they were all living in the house with him and I was wondering what you guys really took from that
1: the, the I didn't take a lot. I didn't really have a lot to think about them all there in the end I guess I think the biggest thing I felt was both like the animals and with dominic is you know look at what's going on in the town with these people and look at the innocent things, innocent innocent people and animals that are being really hurt because of it. And they almost, you know, there's the chance that that dog, the dog could have died, that Calm's dog could have been killed. Mm. It's like, just look at all of your choices you're having with your own feuds. Again, how it's rippling out, how it's hurting other people. And in this case, killing the most innocent of all the people and the most innocent of all the animals, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think I got a lot of that. Like, here are the animals and Dominic, is, I feel like kind of goes in that group as the innocent kind of bystanders or viewers of the situation that are just kind of like, they're always watching. There's mm-hmm. always like an animal watching, like what's going on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is interesting.
0: I sort of thought of it as like, he's, he's lost like everything and it was always against the rule for him to have the animals in the house. And so it's like, well, I, everything's already going so bad. So I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and just break the rules and indulge for a minute.
1: Or if you've broken all the rules and if you get to this point are you becoming an animal? Yeah. Like, does God care about you anymore? Because that's something else they bring up. Like, mm. do you think that God cares about, you know, the donkey? And columns like, I'm afraid that he doesn't. I'm afraid he doesn't care about the innocent things. you right. Like, sure. And so that's, I think that's interesting. Like is, is pa- not innocent anymore. So is he surrounding himself by innocence to feel better? Or is he becoming something that no one cares about? And not even God. Mm-hmm. Like so much stuff.
2: Yeah, I think that's such an interesting point. I I think of it more as a as a metaphor of like we are the cattle to God. Like, why would He care about that when there's such a level of difference in uh, con- uh, cognitive ability between us and animals, and then God and humans like when we think when we say like i'm afraid he might not care about the animals like what is really the difference between humans and animals to god there might not be he might not care about us either and i think that's the real struggle at all at the, the heart of all of the the characters um problems in this movie is like what does any of it matter does like god actually care about us or are we just miniature donkeys to him as well yeah no
0: i just
1: really cute <laughs> god's like i gotta put people on here because look how cute they are
2: that was so cute when it started like 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 picked up its pace like oh don't leave
1: me
3: yeah Uh,
2: Ah, genie i like the little bell it was really sad when it gets knocked over
0: uh, the table at the end and he's like set it back up
1: that was something really cool like all of the to just kind of like throw something out there the bell and the clock Mm -hmm. like all the very the the tolling of the bells and the chimes. And Mm -hmm. even at the end, like there was the moment when I think it was in the morning and it kind of wakes you up and it kind of has this more tinkling bell or something. I think it's after um, when Colum's house has been burned. It felt very similar to the feeling like after all the rest of the movie and the music that had been happening, that kind of like tinkling wake up morning felt very similar to like a sound bath. Where at the end, they almost always use some brighter tones to kind of wake you up and like help you transition into like the daytime and like kind of the end of the experience. So I thought that was kind of cool, like talking about like the ending and kind of like the finality. The sound made me feel more final than anything else that happened, like plot wise or character wise. It just kind of I felt very like. Rela- like relaxed but also like wake at the end it felt very interesting mm. um but only because I've done like a lot of sound baths and meditations and stuff so that was so resonant to me
0: okay you know I don't I've never heard what a sound I, I don't I've never heard uh. the phrase sound bath sound, before.
1: <laughs> check it oh. out you could do a sound bath okay like sound <laughs> meditation. Or yeah, like,
2: and be sure that you set it to message before you like, <laughs> get into it.
1: <laughs> no, but like it usually, you know, it starts by usually people like to calm and then you get into these deeper tones. It's going through all the vibration. Like the idea that you know. it's
2: it's a group meditation with music. Sure. And it's vibrational.
1: It's getting you on the same vibrational level.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> be sure that you bring your horoscope with you. <laughs>
1: It's no no it's very, it's it's very <laughs> different
2: like it's it feels very nice and like I mean Calvin if you've ever med- with me. yeah if you've ever, if you've ever meditated before like done like more like um oh, what are those like guided meditations too it feels like mm-hmm. a guided meditation but specifically with, with sound. um yeah with just sound which i
1: loved all the music yeah. in this in this film oh
2: the music was great
1: yeah yeah and just that vibe of like I remember that was my favorite thing about being in Ireland is just like people just playing in the pub mm. there's always people playing and singing and anybody anybody can go up and sing oh that's they'd be like you know there's a lot of times they'll just be like I mean sometimes they have like bands or whatever but a lot of times it's just somebody in the corner playing and if you know a song you can walk over and be like oh do you know this song and they're like yeah sing it Huh. you know I never did that because i didn't know the songs but it seems like everybody kind of knows the same songs
0: i can just if that happened in like an american bar and someone just like walked in with their guitar and started playing there'd be Wonder so wall. many people like dude shut the fuck <laughs> up Like, we'll get out of here <laughs> everyone would be so negative about it yeah yeah exactly so big, just, i like that cultural difference there where it's mm-hmm. like welcome and it's like a you know, like a, a group thing like uh it's it's yeah. collective
1: also makes it like feel so much harder if your friend was like yeah don't hang out here anymore yeah it's like our whole our whole community and cultural experiences just based around hanging out drinking and yeah. being nice to each other it's this it feels pub like.
2: and this church where am i supposed to go yeah at this at
0: these times <laughs> mm. uh, so then i guess we can wrap this up and move to the end I, I i guess i thought we were gonna get more finality out of it like like they were gonna come to terms with their relationship or the new version of their relationship and the movie kind of seems to end on a like okay well like see you tomorrow we're gonna keep doing this Like, Potrick is going to keep trying to convince him and Colm is going to continue to uh, cut off fingers. Mm -hmm. And I I wonder, do you think it works better if it's kind of that vague ending where, like, you just assume that this is going to carry on? Or did you want did you want them to have a conclusion? Because I felt like, oh, I wanted to know how they turned out, I guess
2: yeah i think it's different when it, it's it's whether you think of this as a narrative conclusion or as an allegorical collusion uh conclusion because if it's the conclusion of the allegory it makes a whole lot of sense because it's all about how the civil war is still going on and there's no end in sight or like it looks like we're coming to the end but i don't know those guys could start fighting at any yeah, any it's point like, it's the you- perfect uh example of of that metaphor but if you're looking for the narrative conclusion, I think that's, again, it's it's why his movies are so good. is because they feel very true, very real, and very human in that there is no ending to human life until death. So it's all of this mm-hmm. weird absurdity in between.
1: Yeah, because that's basically Park said he's like, well, if you would have been in there, it would be, wouldn't it? But you weren't. So it's not over because you're not dead. You're mm-hmm. still here. So I'll probably help you build your house and I'm going to burn it down again. Yeah. You know, it's going to be like, what else do we do? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in the moment I was like, oh, is there going to be one more scene, one more scene? Maybe like Siobhan, like walking down the road or something, like something hopeful, but there wasn't. It just ended. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in in retrospect, I think I liked it just kind of being like, well, it's going to keep going. Mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense on a large scale, you know, a small scale. Sure. Um,
0: and it makes sense, yeah, to be like, well, there, there's always something that might set it off again. Like, so it <laughs> makes sense, I, I suppose. I just... Uh, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. it's just over, and I felt like, uh, yeah. And I think part of that is I just enjoyed the two characters so much mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, I wanted more of this. So I was, yeah, I was a little sad. I think at the end when I was like, oh, that's it.
1: I was sad because it almost felt like Colin was kind of like he'd, you know, once all that kind of felt like it, it almost felt like he'd come to somewhat of a conclusion for him. Yeah, because he was, it almost felt like he was opening up to a little bit yeah he was kind of like talking to him and being like well, okay well it's it's done now right and park's like no it just started basically for it. because it just started for like he's like you you did what you, <laughs> he's like you accomplished your goal mm-hmm. but now it's gonna go on forever
0: yeah it it, it felt like yeah it, it was getting to the point where maybe they were gonna mm-hmm. forgive each other and be friends yeah. again he's like thanks for watching my dog or thanks for taking care of my dog oh, and then it's like but we're still fighting was so i was like sad. oh okay well.
1: yeah and it was so sad because again he almost cried park almost cried right it was just like any time, and his like voice was breaking, and it's like, oh, the things that were will be no more.
0: It certainly wasn't a bad ending. I just, <laughs> yeah, I wondered what you guys thought of it because I was like, oh, I, I would have liked more movie after that.
1: Yeah, in the moment, definitely felt that.
0: All right, so uh, wrapping this up after this discussion, Calvin, do you still have the same opinion? Did you see the same movie?
2: You know, after the more the more we talk about it, I think that the the better. Uh, through line for all of these different things is that it's it's the it's our own self-interests that seem to make life suck like that's really the absurdity and the ho- uh, horrific nature of uh, the human condition is that our self-interest which we seem primed to follow are ultimately what hurt ourselves and hurt everybody else um, so that's the movie that I saw
1: it just sucks though, you know, it sucks to think of it like that. It would be so much nicer to just be like, this is a movie about the war or this is a movie about a madman. But it really is just like the more we try to do what we think is best for ourselves, the more like we just ruin everything for everyone else. Mm. It Just kind of sucks. Yeah. What is it? You that- know, it just like makes me feel like it's not the best world.
0: What is that phrase? It's like cut off your nose to spite your face or whatever. That's, yeah, the, that's like whole movie yeah. felt like to me. it's yeah. it's everything that everyone's doing is is hurting themselves more than helping, even though they feel like they're doing the right thing. Like for a mm-hmm. call, it's like his life will be better if he cuts out what to him is a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. And in the process, he has mutilated himself. And uh, Parik is he's lost kind of that joy and that innocence he had because of what this loss of relationship is doing and the more he tries to pursue that relationship the more you know it's mm-hmm. like what dom says it's like uh, he realizes like no this isn't a good guy anymore yeah and yeah and it's all it's the whole movie yeah it is really sad to and be he like, still just uh, wants
1: to be more interesting right Because yeah. Park's like well i was interesting when i was kind of mean
2: yeah mm-hmm. and the same thing like jenny dies because of um colm's fingers yeah but Parek's also the one that pushed him to it. So it's just a, it's at the level. He's one level removed from Jenny's death still as Mm -hmm. well.
1: Yeah. And never picked up the fingers. No one picked up the fingers.
2: I don't know why he would. Well, because just feed him to something. I guess maybe that's (laughs) probably the moral. Don't do that. Put your
0: fingers in the trash. or they
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. I feel like
1: we, I feel like I saw like three movies.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's like we said, like, just even the idea of who's the person that's out of focus on the cliff. I think there's a lot of different takes on this movie. Yeah. I don't I don't think any of them are I, I, I like all the ideas we had, like because it is it certainly is, I think, an allegory for the war. But it certainly is like a, a story about legacy like Calvin brought up at the beginning. So it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of different things, which is why I think McDonough makes such great movies, because I think there's definitely little pieces you can take. And then on rewatches, you can find different messages or how it impacted mm-hmm.
2: you in a different way. Yeah. I think he's
0: a wonderful filmmaker.
2: Yeah. I think
1: he's gotten better. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think I think Bruges is one of the finest movies I've ever made, and you're wrong.
1: I'm gonna keep throwing shade at it till the day I die. It's not it over like you, till I'm over. <laughs> it seems like
2: you need to rewatch it.
1: All right, said my piece.
0: All right, so on a scale of one to ten severed fingers, what do you give this film?
1: It can only get to five, technically. That's not true. (laughs) He only 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 Uh, cut five off. He only cut five off. He only
2: gave the movie five fingers. (laughs) But I would give it more like, you know, it's just, it's just so good. It just doesn't fit my aesthetic a lot of times and my more psychological uh, things that I particularly like out of movies. So to me it's like a 9.3 seven Whoa. fingers though it's so good <laughs> i don't remember where i put in bruges i think i knocked a couple points off for the sensationalism dude i think like we all same. had it at like eight or nine that yeah. was yeah that was he
0: yeah. we should have had katya on because then it would <gasps> yeah maybe she would have changed the <laughs> yeah. average because i because i feel like I we would have we spent a lot of time average. talking about how much we all loved it so yeah
1: it you been guys been been more controversy talking about alcoves yeah that <laughs> <laughs> literally happened like two times in the movie and that's what was
2: so great about it because he knows exactly how much uh, how often to revisit a topic for the maximum amount of comedy
1: Mm. (laughs) I I loved this movie I liked it a lot I think it's yeah it's one of my favorites that we've watched and reviewed so far I think Um, so I'll say nine point five. I want to give it more Ooh, than Calvin. I yeah. also thought it was beautiful. I thought so many things about it were beautiful.
2: Hell, it's so beautiful.
1: So yeah, nine point five.
0: Jeez, Louise, I feel bad now. Like, Don't. I think it's like seven. <laughs> I I, I seven. thought it was fine. I, I had it. I think part of the problem is I just watched a bunch of his other movies, mm-hmm. and I like Three Boat Boards better than this, mm-hmm. and I like Bruges better than this this is certainly better than seven psychopaths i i don't know if you guys have seen that but that was
2: i've heard that that one gets really really meta um yeah uh which makes sense like after watching all of his other his other movies like yeah he's there's there's a lot more going on than you think so it makes sense that he just made a whole movie about the meta of filmmaking
0: it's his worst writing i think out of the now four mcdonough films i've seen it's it's like there's so much clever humor in all of his movies that one is just like really kind of yeah uh, right in your face and it's it's not nuanced at all mm-hmm. It makes you uh, want to see
1: his plays right like see how they would transition sure like if, if it was his play instead of a movie even this one it feels like it could be a good play
0: yeah uh, but i i thought that the chemistry between uh brennan gleason and Colin Farrell was so good in In Bruges, mm-hmm. and it—I—I I think this would be kind of suffered a little bit by not having them interact more, and—and and I would—I just liked them so much in the last movie that I was expecting to see that chemistry again, yeah. And having them at odds with each other, I didn't think made for like as entertaining of characters as I was hoping for, uh. But still, I, I yeah. thought it was a great movie, and I wonder if part of it is I just had expectations, and I also. Yeah. Have liked his other films, mm-hmm. and so I I shouldn't have just watched them right before this <laughs> one.
1: <laughs> I don't. Know. I think it was nice when you can use somebody's like real life relationship and past relationships mm-hmm. to avoid having to say anything about yeah. it. So I think that's nice. Just even knowing that they're good friends in real life, it's like we we could say something about it, and I think that would feel nice. Right. But um, it's nice also not to have to watch it. Sure. While you wait for the real thing.
0: I I'll also say like with the disclaimer that. I, it's a seven, but I think it can only be better. I'm not gonna revisit it and be like, "Oh, this isn't as good as I remember it being." <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think like the same with In Bruges, and then uh, three billboards. The more times I watch those, the more I appreciated what I was seeing, and the and the more I took different parts out of it. So I, I think like I said, with McDonald's movies, there's there's a lot to pull out of them, and on the surface they can be really entertaining, like In Bruges, but then there's like deeper parts. So I think this movie is the same way for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, since so I'll like more, I'll like it more the more I watch it. I think. Yeah. All right. With that, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Calvin, thanks for being on. Of course. And Katya, thank you for being here. Yeah. And uh, with that, we're going to wrap up. Uh, You can find our podcasts on any platform like Spotify and Apple Music. We also upload all these to YouTube. Uh, So go ahead and leave a comment. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we're doing wrong. And uh, thank you for listening to Now This Is Podcasting.